and boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to Broken But Glorious. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood officer, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, you coward. Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Ryan Parrott. How are you doing this evening, Ryan? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm brilliant, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us this evening. No problem. Before we get into a bit about your career, um, how long have you been a wrestling fan? How long have I been wrestling for? Or how long have I been a wrestling fan? Wrestling fan. For now. Yeah. Oh, uh, since I was about four years old. I... I had never actually seen wrestling, though, no. uh, until maybe the late 2000s, something like 2007-ish, wow. because the way I got into wrestling was I had a PlayStation 1, and I was playing um, SmackDown 2, Know Your Role, yeah, that's a good and game. I think I had Simpsons Wrestling as well, which was terrible, <laughs> but still, game. I got a lot of exposure to wrestling at a young age without knowing exactly what wrestling was. Yeah, my son was similar. We, he, I think he got into wrestling because I used to play Here Comes the Pain a lot when he was younger. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are like that. The people I've met in wrestling, a lot of them will tell me stories about how uh, either they didn't see wrestling or they didn't really watch wrestling much, but they were playing the video games. Mm. So it's weird how kind of a generation has been brought into wrestling through the gaming media rather than, say, uh, the TV shows. Yeah, because I stopped watching wrestling around 97-ish until about 2010, when my son really got started getting into it. But, yeah. I but, think the first match I ever saw was a Buried Alive match. I can't tell which one it was, because I just watched it, say, like, on YouTube Yeah. Uh, with my brother when I was younger. I think it was Undertaker versus Stone Cold, I think. Could be, yeah. The most famous one is him versus Kane, because then he... He disappeared for a bit and then came back as American Badass. Yeah, it was one of them. (laughs) So who was your favourite wrestler growing up? My favourite wrestler growing up was Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Because, and the reasons were kind of weird, because again it comes back to the gaming, it's who I played as the most in the game. I didn't know uh, how big of a wrestler was in the WWE or WF at the time. Uh, It was just a case of I was playing as him because... um, my brother was playing as, like, Billy Gunn, so it was, like, <laughs> DX was together. Yeah. <laughs> it would automatically pair them. Yeah. Okay. As I went on, like, uh, my favourites became people like uh, CM Punk, guys mm. like that, that were uh, good at talking. I loved their promos. Yeah. That was always the most engaging thing about watching wrestling, was telling the stories kind of outside the ring and then culminate within. Yeah, sometimes if you just watch wrestling for the because you love the matches I'm, I'm not like that I prefer to have it, just have some emotional attachment to the match for, for me so I really yeah, really enjoy a match there's been a lot of matches where like people have told me to go and look at them because they're amazing matches and they are they're incredibly spectacular but like in terms of story wise there's nothing to it no <laughs> so I can't get as invested yeah, because there was that one a couple of years ago Ricochet versus Osprey and everyone saw oh, it's amazing the one Vader was saying it was just 
some sort of ballet or some flippy shit. We call it. And I didn't like it either. Well, I, didn't, I didn't know what the story was behind it. I know it's kind of blasphemous to say, but uh, the very first Kenny Omega versus Okada match, uh, I mean, it was a very, very good match. Mm. I really loved it. But the I feel like a lot of it was overhyped compared to... Uh, some matches that year, like that year, I preferred John Cena versus AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that was a brilliant match. The one where they never actually left the ring. <laughs> but, but it's it's all subjective. It's all down to personal preference. What yeah. I enjoy doesn't take away from what someone else enjoys. Yeah, of the four Omega card matches, the one this weekend was my favourite because it's had a year build to it. I have not seen it yet. But yeah, if you have a spare seventy minutes, I recommend watching it. <laughs> 70 minutes? Yeah, it's, the match is 65 minutes long. They just keep topping each other, don't they? Yeah, because it was um, a card of one, then it was a draw, and then a mega one. So they made this one two out of three falls, and the first fall didn't happen for about 40 minutes. Uh, they're doing incredible stuff. That was, yeah, it was brilliant, yeah. <laughs> I heard about Jarrett going in the title. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch that much yet, but that one's only 20 minutes long, so it's not... <laughs> Uh, not a 65-minute classic. Yeah, well, luckily I don't really miss anything on telly while I was trying to watch it on my phone. <laughs> right, so what, what problem do you use the door and the tights and get in the ring? It's it's something... I don't know. I don't know where it came along. It was just... Uh, like, I tuned out of wrestling kind of the mid-2000s. Uh, just I stopped playing the games and didn't really pay attention to it. And then mm. my friend was always watching it uh, from primary school. Yeah. And I used to come to his house and he'd always have it on. And like every single wrestler ever, we started uh, fighting on the trampoline, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone does. Everyone's backstory is how they wrestled each other as kids on the trampoline. And then it just got to that point where it's just like, I really want to learn to do this properly. And, you know, I really enjoy it, so why not? See if I can make something out of it. Yeah, so tell us about your training. Who were you trained by? What was the name of the school? I have been trained in, in part a bit everywhere. Yeah. Uh, at least around the area. Kamikaze Pro, one of them. They, to me, were incredible in teaching me a lot, especially promo wise, because mm. after every session, we would uh, have to cut a promo where we'd talk promoting the upcoming show and do it within like 30 seconds or a minute. Having that kind of practice on a regular basis to talk is very, very, very good. Especially with uh, with the guys there, a lot of them incredible talkers and incredibly hardworking guys like Sean Devine, mm. uh, Hammer Healy, uh, Luke Douglas, Elliot Jordan, loads of other guys there working their asses off. So I usually, I try to pop down there every, it's been a while since, but uh, occasionally, you know, just to see how everyone's doing. They're a company that's been doing incredibly well. I don't know if you follow any of their stuff. I've heard heard of them, but I've not actually been to a show or anything. Uh, You should get down to one in Birmingham. I'm never disappointed by their shows. They also have a lot of seminars as well, which is always uh, helpful to the guys. Uh, And from Kamikaze, I went to train with the Hunter Brothers, wow. who have a little unit in Tipton. Like when I say little, I mean it about fits the ring in, and that's about it. 
and we'd be going down there on a Tuesday and people were coming all over the place to train there. Uh, Drake Maverick, or, his, or as he's formerly known, Rockstar Spud, yeah. was kind of over here in the UK for quite some time at the start of, uh, I think it was last year, and he was going to the sessions and training there every single week wow. and paying the five pounds like all the rest of us. But the funny thing was, a lot of the time he would kind of not take over, but he'd interject a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the smartest men I've ever met in in the business. So he's always interjecting stuff, and it was very very helpful. Oh, he's a really great guy. I'm really happy for the success he's been having. Yeah, I've, I've loved him since he got. I was a bit scared when he said WWE signed him because I thought oh, they're gonna ruin him. But I've loved the Drake Maverick. And when he called him Drake Maverick, I was like, what the hell's that? See, but, I can't really speak directly for him, but yeah. he'd always said to us like. If you can get somewhere like WWE yeah. and take as little bumps as possible, you're winning. Yeah. He <laughs> said that in a seminar before. And what's he doing now? He's general manager. He's being paid to be in WWE yeah. to do the general manager role. And I'm sure he's probably paid quite handsomely for that. Mm. So, yeah, that's, yeah he's that's taking lo- his own. Yeah, I've loved him since he's been on um, 205 Live. So. I have had a lot of support from people in the wrestling industry from when I started mm. to now. It's been overwhelming. Guys I've done seminars with, uh, Emil Satoshi from Europe. Yeah. Uh, he stays in touch. There's a lot of guys who I do seminars with and they actually bother to stay in touch beyond, say, the £20 you've paid for the seminar and they see how you're doing. They offer any guidance or advice and they help you out, which is really big considering they don't really need to do that no does the hunter brothers school ever run any shows or is it just the training school uh just the training school Uh, and i i didn't really consider it a training school as much as just wrestlers getting together and training so to speak because like with there being no school that's pretty much all we were just going over things and getting better going there uh, not to take anything away from anyone I'd trained with before, but going to the Hunter Brothers, I learned a lot. A lot. It wasn't just the Hunters there, it was also uh, Clark Ward, who are a tag team around here. Uh, those two, Mark Clark and Matt Clark, helped me a lot in teaching me a lot of things. I've been very fortunate to learn from such a kind of vast, almost tree of people. Yeah. When I was kind of brought into the business, I always say I was brought into the business by Shana. I don't know if you know who she is. She's a stardom champion. She was briefly in Impact Wrestling in America and all the other places. That's the name. She helped me a lot before I was even in wrestling, giving me advice and such. She would come and meet with me and such, and we'd have lunch or dinner or hang out. And she would speak to me for hours on the phone, just talking to me about the business and her experiences. Because she's been in the wrestling industry for about 10 years now, Mm. over that. Yeah, that's amazing. So that kind of stuff, having people like that help you and support you. Another name is like, uh, from the Cruiserweight Classic, uh, Tristan Archer, or known as Clement Petois in the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. At the match with Cedric Alexander, he, as well, has been a really good friend, helping me a lot, giving me a lot of advice with uh, building my body and stuff like that. 
That's amazing. It is. It is like one big family to me, wrestling-wise. There are some people you'll see like every year or every few months or every week, and we're just all looking out for each other. Yeah, oh, that's an amazing story. <laughs> so, was there a wrestler you wanted to mold your style around? I don't know because like there are a lot of wrestlers, obviously, that I enjoyed watching and wanted to emulate their styles, but it also wouldn't be very practical because I'm. Uh, six foot four. Yeah. And kind of, I'm not exactly fully, I wouldn't call myself built or stacked like some guys my, my height yet. I'm still building my body. That's still something that's a process that I'm working at. So it's kind of that in between thing where I'm not quite a heavyweight, but I'm also kind of told to be doing luchador stuff. Hmm. So it's, I often get people telling me how difficult it is to kind of uh, plan stories for me, but it, it's it's fun. It's not uh, been hindering me, so to speak. This is TNT Extreme Wrestling play-by-play commentator, the, the voice of TNT Extreme Wrestling, Paul Kissock, and you're listening to the Broken But Glorious podcast. Yeah, so you remember the tag team caught with him. Um... Harry Cruz called Pun Intended. So, what's the history of the team, yeah. and how did you meet Harry? I met Harry when I went to the Hunter Brothers. He trained there as well, mm. and for a while we were just kind of good friends. But then we started riding together to shows, and we started talking and hanging out and just having a lot of fun. And we were always having a good laugh with each other. So we always wondered whether we could take that chemistry we would have on our road trips or when we were gaming together or whatever else we were doing, when we were training together, if we could take that kind of chemistry among and whether we could mould it into something in the wrestling industry, in the world, whether we could do something with it. So pun intended is basically just us being ourselves, but ramped up to like 150%. Yeah. Well, they say that's, they are the best gimmicks, aren't they? Be yourself ramped up. Slightly more, slightly more heelish than like, you know, <laughs> we really are. Yeah, Harry's been a really, really good friend to me in the entire time I've known him. Mm. And I, this is going to sound like such a biased thing to say because we're very close friends, but I do think he is underrated on the scene compared to some people that have been training uh, as long as he has and such. But uh, I know he's not kind of bitter or anything. He's just working even harder. He's training harder. And uh, he's doing quite well for himself. He's like a mainstay at Iron Fist Wrestling now and other places, mm. which is, I'm so happy for him. Iron Fist is yet another place I've, I've been and uh, worked with and helped out. And they're doing some amazing things. Mm. And I've always thought this about their shows. They have the most professional kind of environment to be setting up their shows and working together to make sure the show can be as good as possible. Not that anyone else doesn't, no. but they do it exceptionally well. Guys like Chris Royals, Killian Jacobs, Josh Holly, uh, Reg, Cal Adams, loads and loads of guys there working their ass off. They've got kind of a regular roster yeah. of people coming in, and they're always putting on these incredible matches every single show. And if you haven't ever been to an Iron Fist show, I do recommend checking them out. The next show they've got is like this weekend and Jerry Ryan's there, which should be exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I love Jerry Ryan. 
Everybody loves Jerry Ryan. He's, yeah. a, he's a part of independent wrestling who's, I wouldn't say he's bigger than WWE, but he's become an entity in itself yeah, where he's definitely. doing fine without going to WWE. That's kind of gutted that Candice LeRae... Like many other. I was going to say, I was, I was kind of gutted that Candice LeRae actually signed for WWE because I loved the world's cutest team. I thought they were brilliant. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> I I saw them at a Fight Club Pro show, I think it was last last July, and they were incredible. They were working with, uh, I think it was Martina and Shay Persa. Yeah. Oh. That was a really good match. Absolutely. Fight Club Pro, that's another place that I've trained. <laughs> I've trained um, under Travis Banks there and wow. Mike Zaki. Everyone there is working their asses off. The, the training is some of the hardest training I've ever done, but it's also some of the most rewarding. You've got guys, guys like Kyle Fletcher, uh, Omari, and William um, McKenzie, and all kinds of others working their asses off. It's been amazing going around to all these different training schools and just seeing how people do things a bit differently and yeah. how people build each other up to become better wrestlers no matter where they are or where they've been. That sounds really cool. So I've noticed on um, Facebook that you and Harry have done a produced a promo for Wrestle 4, which uh, an event yes, in October. The charity show. Yeah. Uh, in support of Carl campaign against living miserably. Mm. He issued an open challenge there. Yeah, Wrestle 4 have contacted us to say, tell Ryan Parrott, since him and Harry have invited themselves along to the show and issued a wrestling open challenge to all tag teams in the WF roster, make sure they work their asses off. <laughs> so what? Hell's <laughs> They are. <laughs> Me and Harry work harder than everybody in the world. So is there anybody you want to answer your open challenge or? Is there anyone you don't want to answer? <laughs> You're asking for dream opponents yeah. from the independent scene. Yeah, if we do realistic ones. Well, <laughs> anyone realistic who could open the challenge. Hmm. Let's see. The Hunter Brothers, definitely. We'd love oh, to work them. I, th- I think the most underrated tag team really in the world. Next Way 5, Killian Jacobs and uh, Jerry Scott. They're doing incredible things. Uh, it's always hard to think of tag teams, uh, especially in the UK. I know there are some really good ones, but a lot of them are often people just kind of thrown together and then it, it sticks. Yeah. It may as well something like the Aussie Open or the you know, Swords of Essex. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. I don't want to die. Why are you saying Aussie Open? <laughs> I'm wearing their t-shirts. <laughs> I, was, I was picking people that at least, you know, Harry's bigger than. <laughs> so how, how do you how do you and Harry waste time traveling between shows? In between shows, well, we waste time waiting for... Uh, we were on our way to Project Tekken, uh, which is a show. Yeah. Uh, Iron Fist we're running. And we were riding with uh, Jim Hunter, because it was Harry and Jim teaming up for that show. And uh, we were sat waiting for Jim for so long, because uh, he was sorting things, something out with a, a ring hire. A lot of our time, we spent uh, gaining, playing Xbox together, and just kind of coming up with ideas, often. Yeah. 
for each other. Uh, we really want a singles match with each other at some point somewhere. We almost had one somewhere, but uh, it fell through. But I think we'll get it this year, or at the very least early next year. Because that would be probably the best match I think I could have is yeah. with him. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, if you ever broke up. Obviously, it leads to a feud, so who would be the hail in the feud? Depends on the context. <laughs> Harry's a big Peaky Blinders fan. I think if I say Peaky Blinders, it is terrible. He'll turn <laughs> heel on me and assault me. There's a lot of different ways you could go about it. Yeah. That's, that's the fun thing that we like about our dynamic of teaming together, because like, I'm quite a tall, thin guy. He's a, a, a short, big, big lad. So it's it's not the usual sort of dynamic of kind of a big guy and then a shorter, uh, thinner guy. We just try and have a lot of fun. Yeah. I said no, nothing but wrestling or having their debut show on 30th of June. You have a campaign going to try and get on the show, so tell us about your campaign. I do. So, as everybody knows, I messaged them saying, saving the best to last. Yeah. And then kind of expecting, you know, I'll be I'll be on the show, they'll invite me on. But no, they give me the ridiculous challenge of getting, what was it, 5,000 likes, 3,000 shares. Yeah. And they didn't make any of these other guys do that. <laughs> So they're having their debut show in Albury on June 30th, so I know I'm, I'm, how many have I got right now? Let's have a look. I have 42 likes and 33 shares, so we're a bit off, a bit off, off. but you know, uh, I do encourage everyone to go to that show. I will put the link. Whether I get those likes or not, I'm going to be crashing the party whether they like it or not, so (laughs) they've got to deal with, I can tell them directly, I'll be there regardless, and he's rather dismissive of that. <laughs> so I will put a link to the status in the description below well, this interview. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So I've noticed your tag team partner Harry is on the show, so you're hoping to have a tag team match with him, or do you want to have a solo match? Singles match. That's another thing. He's been invited to the show. <laughs> he didn't tell me about this, did he? No. He's gone off to the show and he's, he's got a cool match, I'm sure. Maybe I'll jump him for for not telling me and that's where our rivalry will start <laughs> definitely <laughs> right, so my um, co-host Oliver Newman's wanted to ask a question he said um, how do you plan to capitalise on the great exposure you've been getting of lately see a lot of this I never really expected I mean, it's still it's kind of surreal to me even just some interviews uh, here and there it's just really kind of humbling to be having people ask to want to speak to me about these things. I've yeah. got even more things planned uh, that I can't yet reveal, but it, it's it's a difficult thing to sort of plan for. It's just I'm trying to make as much out of everything I'm offered given and make the most of that. I like to make... See, I'm not going to name any names here because I don't want to slam anyone, of course, but no. I've seen uh, wrestling pages like like my page, of course, I've seen a lot of pages where they just share match announcements and they just share, say, pictures of them from the matches. That's, to each of their own, that's what they want to do. But for me, for my page, I see it as kind of a platform for myself, whether I'm booked on a show or not, Mm. to where I can uh, release content and stuff and 
get myself over a bit as a brand if if I can because the thing about Facebook is it's always there and if you use the algorithms to your advantage like say for example the most busiest time on Facebook is between 4 p.m. and about 9 p.m. So yeah. if you post any sort of content between them, that's good exposure to your entire friend list. And if any of them interact with it, of course, their friends will see it. And it's a good way to keep your name out, whether you're involved in a show that's coming up or not. So that's kind of where my head's at right now, is just keeping out there and keeping pushing forward. Mm. Great. So, um, do you have any other shows you want to promote? See, uh, there's nothing really that I can publicly announce right now, but okay. there are like companies I want to to plug and promote. People like Iron Fist with their show uh, this weekend uh, on the. Let me just check the date. Their next show is uh, the 16th, so that is what day is that? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Oh. The Good, the Bad, and the Sleaze with Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan's one of those performers that if you've never seen live, uh, you've got to go do it. It's yeah. in Hereford at the Richmond Place Club. And of course, um, Kamikaze, if you're more in the Birmingham area, they're having their pro-live show this weekend on the same day in uh, the Collingwood Centre in Great Bar. So I highly recommend those two companies. Yep. No, I definitely need to get to a Kamikaze Pro show. Well, maybe next time I'm in I've When I started wrestling and trying to become a wrestler, the advice I was given to me by Shana was to go to as many shows as possible and help out. Yeah. No matter how that is, whether it's setting up the ring, uh, setting down the ring, or uh, helping out during the show, music, there's always something to be done. I took that and I tried to make it my whole work ethic. So I go to shows whether I'm booked or not, and I help set up the ring. I've done the bar, I've done merchandise, I've done camera work, I've done uh, music work, I've refereed, I've done all these different things and had all these different experiences. But I've gone, like, my first Iron Fist show was in Shrewsbury, and that was like a... 70 mile round trip wow. and I wasn't booked on the show I was just going there to introduce myself and help out and even when I'm down in Hereford that's 50 miles there and 50 miles back you always have to take your kiss because you never know when you need it so. yeah <laughs> it's a thing where I mean I don't mind doing it no. I love to do it because I meet all these different people and see these incredible matches whether I'm on the show or not and I just like to be present. There's, it paid off. Like when I first debuted in wrestling, within my first three months, I've worked for about five or six companies, which is quite a lot. Yeah. From someone who was a nobody. That's amazing. That's great advice for any young wrestlers out there. Too. Oh yeah, definitely. Whether it's, even if you can't travel, usually, I mean, there's usually a show somewhere local that you can go and and help out. I made a debut not long ago at a place called Venom Wrestling Federation in Starbridge. And when you wrestled the Bouncer? And yeah, when yeah. I wrestled the Bouncer. Yeah, I've seen that match. That was very special to me because uh, just about 48 hours before, I didn't know any of it 
was going to be happening. No. <laughs> it was kind of a last minute thing. So I was called in to do that, and I knew I was wrestling Bouncer. I thought, hey, uh, it's probably going to be a good match at Bouncer. Uh, I didn't think I was going to win, but I ended up getting the win. And then being told that I'd be um, just, I think it was 10 minutes later in the main event Fatal 4-Way match. Wow. Uh, that was also huge for me. So getting to main event in my hometown, less than 30 seconds from my house, on a show that I used to go to uh, in secondary school was huge for me. That's amazing. <laughs> The awesome thing about those Venom shows is uh, it's in a small kind of nightclub called uh, The River Rooms, but it's always packed out, and I've never known a crowd be so loud throughout the entirety of the show. It's amazing. There's something that I have to try and get to more shows outside the Merseyside area. So, yeah. I need to learn to drive, I think. So. Just go anywhere. Yeah. Go <laughs> anywhere you can. Yeah. Especially with the state that British wrestling is in right now. Mm. It feels like everyone is on top of that game, having something to prove. Because now, if you think about it, look at the WWE UK tournament and the world of sport. Now, a lot of people uh, will say, oh, British wrestling is a good place because you've got those to work towards. But for those that are going onto those shows, that leaves spots opened up on other top-tier kind of British wrestling promotions. Yeah. Definitely. Where someone's gonna to need to go and fill that spot. So there's always something big to push for. William Eagle and uh, Triple H are sending scouts out all over the country these days. So he's not just going to progress yeah, and uh, they have close instant. links with uh, I think it's ITW Progress Wrestling and Fight Club Pro. I yeah. Think. But they're, they're, they're sending scouts out to everywhere. They're not just going to these couple, the big shows. They're sending yeah. scouts to all the small shows, which are, as you said, the guys are, are now on the UK tournaments. They're in the world of sport, so the mid carders will have to move up to the main, more well, the main event shows. So big space in the lower. I'm card glad that world of sport is coming back. I really didn't think it was going to, with how long of a hiatus it had after that New Year's show. Have you seen the roster for it? it looks amazing. Will Ospreay. I haven't seen the roster yet. Uh, let's see if I've got it. Oh, there. Yeah, off the top of my head, they had Will Ospreay, they had David Boy Jr., they had Grado, they had Viper. Uh, I haven't seen Viper's documentary yet. Oh, that was brilliant. I watched, I watched it last night. It's amazing. I wish I, it just, it's just too short. It's only half an hour long. So, oh, I, oh, I, could, I thought it was going to be like an hour. I could, I could have done, yeah, I could have done with another hour because it was getting really interesting and then kind of finished. Usually, documentaries and stuff like that are about an hour. Yeah, I was hoping it could make us. It feels like a couple, a series out of it, a couple of half hour episodes, but it seems to be just be a one off. Was it? Uh, what was the? Uh, what was it like? I haven't seen anything about it because often when wrestling is portrayed on obviously mainstream TV, it's Hit and miss on how they portray it. They portray it really well. They portray it as more as a sport rather than an entertainment. So it was a, the first ten minutes about how she got into wrestling. Her, yeah, her boyfriend basically Have said. Ever seen? I cannot remember what the program is called, but BBC Three did a program a few years ago, and it was uh, basically a spotlight on um, Pete Dunne and Ryan Smile. No. Did you ever see that? No. I think it was like people like us. It was called, 
and it was basically about obviously Smile and Dan and their journeys early in their career while they were at uh, Kamikaze and such. No, I've not seen that. So. I think it's on YouTube. I'll have to look it up. If it's on BBC, it'll be on the World Player probably. Uh, possibly, but it yeah. was a few years ago, <laughs> so who knows. Yeah, the first half of the Viper one is how she got into wrestling, then the second half is how she's doing in Japan, basically. So, and then it, fin- it finished with her winning the title, and, and it finished. There's a lot of so. uh, a lot of guys over here in the UK, girls especially, going off to Japan and doing incredible things. Mm-hmm. People like uh, Zoe Lucas and Zaya Brookside, for example. Yeah, Zaya Brookside recently. was in the show. Yeah, I was like, oh, says Miss Oh, you've met her, <laughs> Zaya Brookside. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, like... t- Tony Storm, wasn't it? Yeah. Tony Storm as well. Hmm. <coughs> right, so before we go, do you want to promote your social media? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, my my Facebook is uh, obviously Ryan Parrot, of course, but to get to it directly, you can use the tag at ParrotRx3, which is also my Instagram. Yeah. Um, my Twitter is a bit different. It's Ryan Parrot twenty seven, and also this will segue into something else. I have a fan page for wrestling in general yeah. that uh, I've been working on since two thousand and thirteen or fourteen, a few years now, wow. and it's um, it's kind of big. It's got two hundred and twenty seven thousand likes. Wow. It's the pro wrestling <laughs> world on Facebook. Pro wrestling world. So, Get over there, everybody. <laughs> I'm not as active on there as I used to be, and a lot of my uh, admins understand that because I'm busy with other things. But it's great for obviously news and coverage of shows, stuff like that, and funny stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. something that I've used as a tool before I even got into wrestling. Now I have a massive platform to release anything I want. This interview can be shared there. Yeah, definitely. I'd... Cheap one. <laughs> no, all, all the links will be in the description below the interview. So I've really enjoyed speaking to you today. I'd love to have you on again. Oh, we'll sort of... do it again, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Have me and Harry Cruz. Yeah, we can that... talk about all the wrestlers we hate. 